Welcome to Healing with Worth, a podcast dedicated to healthy recovery and instilling hope in the wake of betrayal trauma. We are women who have experienced this intimately and want to offer hope to other women. While we may interview professionals on the show, the content should not be taken as therapeutic advice and is not meant to replace therapeutic healing. If you would like to join one of our free online worth groups to help with your betrayal trauma, you may find us at healingwithworth.org. Welcome to Healing with Worth. We are your hosts, Naomi and Janine. And today we are coming to you with uh, common analogies that we talk about in worth, but that you might hear or that might not make sense to you right away. So we just wanted to talk a little bit about those and, and how they relate to recovery and our journey to healing. We thought there are probably some listeners out there who are wondering what the heck they're talking about. So we're going to talk about one particular analogy today and we'll probably do some subsequent episodes on these different analogies. The analogy that we wanted to talk to you about today is a concept that's coined by Maurice Harker, who is the Director of Life-Changing Services, to describe a woman's mindset that can move her forward through these difficult life circumstances that she's finding herself in now without the aid of her husband as a stabilizing factor. And I think this can be kind of a a scary place to be, but like many of you out there, we've had to come to terms with a new reality that we're facing. And this term that he uses to describe getting a woman kind of prepared to move forward in life without her husband, he calls pioneer woman mode. So maybe we've used that. I think we've probably used that term many different times on different episodes. And I can imagine someone out there, listeners out there thinking, what is a pioneer woman mode? What are they talking about? So (laughs) we're going to kind of describe that and give a little bit more context to what that means so that when you hear that term in any of our episodes, you'll know. Naomi, so when you think of a pioneer, what what kind of attributes do you think about? Well, you know, when you think about it, pioneers, they were tough. I mean, they walked across miles of untraveled, untraversed terrain. Mm -hmm. And some even carried hand carts over those terrains. And along the way, People who know church history, the LDS church history, I think understand or maybe have heard stories of pioneers and how they carried some heavy burdens. And there were plenty of women who crossed the plains with hand carts and just them and their children. They didn't have a husband because her husband had died along the way. You know, he'd, he'd been there to start with, but then he had been lost along the way. In this situation, these women didn't just sit down and die. They, they carried on and they continued to travel to get to the Salt Lake Valley. They were brave. They were strong. 
and they trusted God. They were committed. I mean, there are so many words that I think describe these women that I see so much in many of the women that I've had the opportunity to talk with and to connect with in worth that this isn't an easy path to to tread. This is a really long and difficult path sometimes. And so I think that when we think about pioneer women, that's what I think, that we're tough, we're strong, we're brave. I think it's incredibly brave to walk this path. And we're determined. Yeah. And just some tough chicks that are not going to put up with what we've put up with before. Time is up for that. And that could include leaving situations that are like the pioneer women were not just women, but the pioneers were run out of cities and towns that they had established. And there were people that were abusing them and they were leaving to find safety and to find peace. And, and I think that's why that's such a wonderful analogy to connect with us because I think in the situation where we've got pornography and sexual misconduct, we have been abused many times in different ways and different forms. And we are now working to move towards safety. And sometimes it doesn't include our spouse. And and sometimes our spouse isn't even able to take that journey with us. And so that's where that pioneer woman mode comes in. We pick up our skirt and <laughs> strap our boots on and we start trekking and we're carrying our kids and we're getting everything that we need. When I think of the definition of pioneer, it's the first to open or prepare the way for something. When I look at the pervasiveness of pornography in society, we are charting un we are navigating uncharted territory. This internet thing and the pervasiveness of porn, it's never been this way before. We are a whole new generation of dealing with this. Oh yeah. And so when I think of us being pioneers, we're, I feel like we're kind of trailblazers in that I think the majority of women are going to be in this situation dealing with pornography in their marriages on some level. Known or unknown. Yes. Right. And I love this quote by Dallin H. Oaks. He says, the path of modern pioneers is not easy. Burdens carried in the heart can be as heavy as those pulled in a handcart. I love that so much. It's a frame of mind. It's a new perspective that we have a new reality that we have to come to terms with. These burdens carried in our heart are very overwhelming. Oh, yeah. So I love that he validates the emotional burden that betrayal trauma brings into our lives. And we are emotionally dealing with a a lot equal to perhaps those burdens that physically the pioneers carried. Yeah. And certainly they carried burdens, you know, aside from the handcart as well, losing children and losing spouses and and just people. So I love that quote. And I love just how it, it validates, like you said, that 
these burdens are heavy. And and we are. I love how you defined pioneer because in this time that we live in, we will come across many people and we're coming across many people and and I think it's becoming a more talked about topic as well. And learning what we're learning as we work through our recovery, I think those tools help us to be able to be those modern pioneers to to help other people to understand there is a healthy way to move through this. And there is hope through this. Not everybody made it through in the trek to the valley, right? But there's still so much inspiration that comes from it. And I can see that in many different situations that I've come across in worth. Some marriages don't make it, but there's still inspiration in those stories because even though the marriage didn't survive, she's usually come out much healthier and happier on the other side. Like nobody wants to end up divorced. Nobody like says, I'm going to get married so that I can turn around and get divorced, you know, right. 10 years later with four kids, you know, right, right. or whatever it might be. That's not ever what anybody's thinking. And it's not an easy decision. And at the same time, it can, it can be for some women that is the best decision and it's the right decision. So that's where I see, you know, those inspirational stories. And then there are women who, who do, there are marriages that do make it. And those are an inspiration too. So I feel like there's many different stories in these situations that are still full of hope and inspiration, whether the marriage succeeds or not. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the pioneers. You know, some didn't make it, but their story is still precious and inspirational. And and so are the stories of those who made it. So I think that's where that's another connection to this analogy in terms of healing and what that puts in our path. Right. Yeah, that's a great thought. As we get in this pioneer mode, the goal for each of us, I think, is to keep moving forward, right? Right. To keep yourself in the journey. Our confidence is going to be based on the preparation of the inventory in our wagon. So this is another analogy that we often use is packing your wagon. It kind of goes along with the pioneer woman mode. Right. So what do you put in your wagon? <laughs> right, right. What what does packing your wagon mean? Well, these are the supplies, the things that we would need for our journey. Before we talk about packing our wagon, I want to make a point to a common misconception about pioneer woman mode. And I think sometimes it can feel like it's abandoning your husband, especially (laughs) if you're early in recovery. It can be seen as abandoning your husband, but it's not. It is getting out of the toxic place that you've been. It's getting yourself to safety. It's It's getting out of God's way and allowing God to work with your spouse. And it's, and it's you putting your trust in God and allowing him to take the lead 
and allow those who have the tools to help your husband to to man train your husband, <laughs> as Maurice would call it. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned all of this. Yeah, this is really important to realize. It's time for us to grow too, as women. A lot of times we put our growth on the back burner to sustain the family, to nurture the family, but we have neglected ourselves. So it's a time to grow too. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times we take it upon ourselves to, that we want to be there to help every step of the way. And, and when we get into these kinds of addictions there, it's not something that we have the power to help. And sometimes we just have to learn that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just have to walk all the steps to learn that. I mean, I did. I will be honest. I did all the things. (laughs) I did all the things to try and help it and it didn't help. And and that was just my way of learning that if they want it, they'll find a way to get it or it'll be hard until they do get what they want, you know? And so I just learned that there's not one thing that I can do aside from creating my own safety and setting boundaries for myself that actually bring safety into my life. So it seems counterintuitive to feel like I've got to just let him go. We can look at it as time to rest from the trauma. Yeah, slow down in our lives. Slow down, yes. And work on ourselves and finding healing for ourselves. And that's really what worth is all about is, is finding that healing for ourselves and we get a chance to breathe and grow. I have grown so much being in worth. And not only that, but I have met the most amazing women through this program that I connect with and that my heart just aches for every woman that comes in. It's a safe place to be. It's a safe place to speak. It's a safe place to be true to yourself. And so this whole pioneer woman mode, even though it may feel like it, especially if you're new to recovery, it's not abandoning your husband, but it really is putting the focus back on your safety, your health, your recovery, and, and putting your trust in God to, to do with you what you need the most and, and letting him do the same for your husband. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of this process kind of reminds me of of getting out of of a riptide. I don't know if you're familiar with how to um, get out of a riptide, but you you basically are swimming out to sea, and then catch the current back in to to shore. But that process of going out to sea can be a little scary because you don't because you're kind of going far out <laughs> before you come back into shore. But your natural inclination is to just swim towards the shore, you know, as as fast as you can. But you just are going to wear yourself out if you do that. You're never going to make it back to shore that way. I think this process, you, you're just learning how to swim out to sea a little bit, you know. And it it is kind of a terrifying experience because you're further from the shore than you've ever been. And you don't know if you're going to circle around back to the shore but that's something that kind of resonated with me a little bit in this in trying to connect with what was going on in in my new reality 
That's, yeah. that's kind of what it felt like. So the goal is to keep moving forward and you may be going out to sea. sea in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> There's peace at least. <laughs> that, that current will be safe for you, right. you know, to get back to shore. So this pioneer woman mode refers to assessing the situation and creating a safety plan for oneself, including planning and creating financial resources, preparing emotionally, mentally, obtaining education, preparing for provisions and lodgings should it be needed, or if a husband is no longer able or willing to support his wife and children. This includes a process of what we affectionately call packing your wagon, <laughs> where you're we're referring to the preparations that an individual may need in case they are forced out of their home, like the pioneers were. It refers to preparing ourselves for a hard journey ahead with or without the support of our husband. And so to prepare for this, we have to recognize that, that there's just going to be some really hard preparations that need to be made. Yeah. And they're not quick either. I think some people look at no. these things packing my wagon and they and it's scary because they're like I don't have a place to go. I don't have a job. I have four kids. I don't have a way to provide and you know, I don't have money. I don't have a job. All of these things and so it can get really scary. But these aren't you're not expected to do all of these things at one time. Right. And so when we, when we talk about, that's where the packing your wagon comes in. It can be a process that takes time. And it can be a process that you're doing even while your spouse is doing good. It's kind of a self-improvement opportunity. And you may or may not need it, but you're not going to be worse for not doing it. So one of the first things that I did in terms of packing my wagon is I felt the impression that I needed to go back to school. And so I started going to school and to get a degree. That was something that I had put off early in my marriage and decided to work instead and have kids. And so I never did finish a degree at all. And so going back to school was one of my, one of the things that I did for me. And so that if the need ever arises, you know, I'll be okay. And that's where, that's where I think when we talk about packing your wagon, some of the men can get a little off put by that if they see a woman preparing to leave, but the reality is when we talk about pioneer woman mode, anything could happen to our spouse. They could die and we would still end up in pioneer woman mode. We'd be thrown into it. So packing our wagon and making sure that we're prepared for that to happen is going to make things a little bit easier than being slammed into it. Right. If we're in crisis mode, it's going to be more difficult kind of break right. through these issues. Like we don't have to wait until crisis mode to prepare ourselves. 
I mean, exactly. Living with an addict is risky business and Mm -hmm. we really do have to be prepared for, for any situation. So part of packing our wagon would be assessing our situation, taking inventory of what we would need to cross the plains, so to speak, without our husbands. It would be assessing what to do. Like you had mentioned going back to school, that was something that as you assessed your situation was something that you needed to take action on. I feel like you're going to need to assess your needs, right? Because you're going to have things that you need and you're not going to be able to depend on your spouse. So you need to figure out first, like my thought processes is what do you depend on your spouse to do right now? And those are probably the most important ones that you're going to need to have covered. A lot of times that's financial. Most of the time men are out and they work and there is a dependence on them to bring home and to provide. And so we have to be able to become the providers and figure out, you know, those things that we're going to need to provide our families with. And that's kind of where we can get a good start because we're going to need to pack our wagon with things that don't involve our husband. It's going to be all the things that we do without our spouse. It is going to look like having boundaries and it's going to look like making tough decisions on your own and finding solutions to problems that you might not ever have had to deal with otherwise. Right. It may require a support network as well. Oh, absolutely requires a support network. I mean, you cannot do it alone. Yeah. And that's where I feel like there are more resources out there for women who need to get out of an abusive situation that are not very well known. And one of the things that I have heard Marie say many times is that there's no way that any leader of the church would look at a mom with four children with no home and no money and say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. There's going to be help out there and it may it may come in different ways and different forms than you expect, but we have so many programs, government programs for single moms and programs even to go to school and for child care and there are so many resources out there to help you succeed and to get to a place that that you can provide for your family that it's it's scary but it's possible it is and i i'd like to address that that fear aspect because it it can be a little bit overwhelming and i think women can get stuck in that and it's important to define your fear you know what it what it exactly is you're afraid of and challenge that perhaps journal about it, write it out. And one of the things I've heard too about fear is to educate yourself because a lot of the things, knowledge dispels fear because fear usually 
comes because of unknown. Things that are unknown are scary. And so if we learn and we get educated about exactly what it is that's scaring us. So if we're afraid of divorce, if we learn what that looks like and what the process is and how, how to work through that, it becomes a lot less fearful to move in that direction because we're not being held back by our fear. Right. And the same thing goes for a lot of the things out there. Like if we're afraid of being single or if we're afraid of being able to provide, those are all things that if you can gather knowledge, knowledge is light and light dispels fear and darkness, which is what fear is darkness. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and, also, this is a time to trust in the Lord more than we ever have before. Yeah. It's, it's a time to allow him to manifest himself more fully in our lives. Maurice teaches often that we should not trust the arm of flesh, but trust the Lord. Trust him to be our teacher, to be our guide through this process and it's it's scary but this is a chance for our faith to expand and grow it just reminds me of back when i first made the decision to separate and it was scary it was it was the hardest thing that i ever had to do up to that point in my life but i knew without a shadow of a doubt like i knew the spirit told me very very, very clearly, he cannot come back. And I knew that no matter what, I had to, I had to do it. I had to follow that prompting. And I can't even begin to tell you all the doors that were opened because I followed that prompting. I knew, I knew that that's what needed to happen. And where I ended up, I would have never chose the place that I am in right now, the home that I'm in. I would have never picked it. (laughs) I was terrified to be in the, in a position where I would know people from my youth, but heavenly father, the Lord knew exactly where I needed to be. And he opened doors and he opened windows when I felt like doors were shut (laughs) and everything just worked out miraculously. I mean, I couldn't have been put in a better position because he knew me and he knew that I am a quiet person. And even though it probably doesn't seem like that on this podcast, but I am not an outgoing person at all. It's hard for me to get to know people because, again, I've lived this life, this dual life, it seems like. You have this going on, but you don't ever, you don't ever put it out there. So you're never your whole self with people. And so he knew that I needed a place where people already knew me and it wasn't going to take me years to get to know people. <laughs> and despite it being a place that I was terrified to return to, it's been a great blessing to be where I'm at. I mean, there are so many things that worked out exactly the way that they needed to. So There's just my little testimonial of, even though it's scary, if you can trust the Lord, he will help you 
and he will guide you and he will open doors and he will make things possible that you don't think are even close to possible. And he will magnify all of your efforts to be able to complete things and do things beyond what you felt like you could do. Because it's hard. It's hard to be a single mom. It's hard to have all the burden of children on your shoulders and their well-being as well. Trying to be a healthy person for them when you have somebody who's not a healthy person for them. And so it's a struggle, but the Lord makes it possible. I so agree. I've just been told over and over that the kids need just one healthy parent. And if you can be the healthy parent for them, they will follow your example. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's sometimes hard to conceptualize because there can be so much chaos and behaviors going on in our relationships that you, you wonder, is that really true? But they will follow your healthy example. I've heard that from many therapists that it's, you know, if they have one healthy parent, that's better than two unhealthy parents. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I had one youth therapist say to me, really only have to get it right 50% of the time. And if you can get it right, at least 50% of the time, you're doing good. If you can do more than that, you're doing excellent. (laughs) So, and that was a therapist who works with teenagers. So I'm like, okay, I think I can do at least 50% of the time. I'm, I'm shooting for more, but if I can hit 50% of the time, I might be okay. (laughs) So is there anything else you want to add to these two analogies? Yeah, I think just the only thing that I want to say, and well, it's not really me saying it, but this quote from Elder L. Tom Perry, and he says, pioneer faith is needed as much in the world today as in any period of time. And and I think that applies well to this topic in this situation, that pioneer faith is needed, and and that kind of faith includes, you know, some some really deep pondering on our situations and, and really seeking that guidance to be directed. And I think sometimes, sometimes it takes some time to get to that point. And, and that's another aspect of, of packing your wagon is spiritually waking up. But I spent a time where I was spiritually not awake and it took some it took some work to spiritually awake again just because of all the the numbing and and the surviving that i was doing and i think that's a common a common factor that sometimes it feels hard to feel the spirit and so i think that's part of packing our wagon is to increase our capacity to feel again and sometimes that takes some time, but so in these in these analogies in this packing the wagon, we talk about financial preparation, spiritual preparation, physical preparation, and emotional preparation. So there are there are many aspects, and and I'm sure we could go on and talk for days on all of these <laughs> different different how we pack our wagons in these different ways that and I think actually we can probably just refer you all back to one of the first episodes that we did where we talked about self-care because that's really what it comes down to in these preparation is 
a lot of self-care, spiritual self-care, physical self-care, emotional self-care, intellectual self-care. And so that's kind of what it comes back to is those different models of self-care and really building those up to prepare for whatever the Lord has in store for us. I love that. Earlier last year, the very beginning of 2020, I decided to redecorate my room. Since my husband wasn't living with me, I could do it any way I wanted. And I Mm -hmm. created my little greenhouse. And we'll go into that analogy another time. My bedroom was my sanctuary. And one of the paintings that I decided to hang in my room was a painting by Minerva Techart. And this painting is of my ancestor, Mary Fielding Smith, going across the plains. And she's next to two oxen in a covered wagon and her son, Joseph Fielding Smith. And in the painting, you see, and it's very subtle, but there are armies next to her, kind of spirit armies. And it just reminded me so much of this analogy that I had to put it in my room. It was a constant reminder to me of the strength of this woman, my ancestor, who I greatly am so appreciative of. And in, in her journey, she had angels by her side. And I know that each of us have angels by our side. And I just want to end with this quote, that strength doesn't come from what you can do. Strength comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. And I know that many of us are in situations where we just don't think we can do one more thing. But I'm here to just encourage you and let you know that with God, we can do all things, even even just the next best step for each of us. I love that. So next time you hear us refer to the pioneer women mode and pack in your wagon, this is what we're talking about. And we hope to discuss more worth analogies in the future. But hopefully this was, was helpful to all of you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Healing with Worth. Make sure to visit our website, healingwithworth.org, if you would like to enroll in an online therapist-led support group. We'll see you next time.